It's audio mode day 18, um, 18th of June, Waterloo Day. Um, it used to be a public holiday in the UK um, that celebrated the um, victory against Napoleon in the Battle of Waterloo. Um, so it gets me thinking about um, my other interests in um, in matters historical, particularly in military history, because um, I find these sort of events do whether you agree with their specific event or not, it often shapes the next direction um, um, people and cultures take. Um, and certainly, I think um, the the Battle of Waterloo was was a was a turning point in in Europe, which had seen lots and lots of struggles. And in fact, it led to a, a relative period of stability in Europe up until really the um, the Crimean. War and the, the Franco-German War, um, as long as you overlook the fact that most of the countries that fought they were busy fighting wars in other, and battles in other parts of the country as well. Um, I was sorely tempted to study history at university, but um, decided to stick with um, to focus on the science. But I kept up with a um, an interest in history, and I was lucky when I was a uh, postdoctoral researcher at the University of Strasbourg. Um, the chemistry library there was um, just all journals were accessible, so you could find these French chemistry journals going back to the, the sort of 1790s that were just in cupboards, and you could take them out and photocopy them. This was absolutely unheard of for me in a place like, say, at Oxford. If you wanted a, a journal that old, you'd have to apply in writing, you'd have to be um, supervised, you'd be wearing gloves, and you certainly couldn't photocopy it. And it fascinated me dipping into these um, these early chemistry journals. It showed this transition that before the the french revolution the um chemistry was very much a hobby of the of the wealthy and the articles were very much um dilettante type experiments but i i noticed as you got into the late um 1790s and early 1800s it became very much a um almost like a citizen science type reporting people were doing chemistry to understand how they could make for example um, better quality gunpowder and that sort of thing so looking at, at, at different forms of, of saltpeter and how that could be purified and cleaned up and indeed one of the driving forces or interests in theory for the um, Napoleon's expedition to Egypt was they wanted um, access to of supplies of sodium salts that they could then um, send back to um, the French manufacturing industries um, and so very much um, the sort of military expeditions went hand in hand with sort of um, commercial as well as territorial drivers. And I was fortunate to meet um, a, a historian and a, a lecturer at Santos, which is the um, the, the UK um, military officer training academy, um, a chap called David Chandler, who wrote some seminal books on um, Napoleon and um, earlier Marlborough. Um, and this, I met him just um, after he retired, but he was still on the conference circuit, and I was able to go to some historical conferences as well as um, as chemistry ones while I was over in Strasbourg, which was good, and it was um, really interesting um, meeting him because he took... Um, we went on some visits around where we were in um, northern Italy um, to a, a battlefield of where um, Napoleon had one of his great early victories at Marengo um, and David would stand stood there and sort of narrated and described what we would be seeing if we were there at the battlefield and it was a, a wonderfully evocative piece and again I'm cursing myself why didn't I think about recording it but of course back then um, mobile phones and simple easy portable recording devices didn't exist 
but I'm very grateful to him to sort of um, he he sort of really piqued or encouraged my amateur interest in history to keep doing it. There was no harm in you didn't have to be a, a professional historian to um, to just to, to to pursue these sorts of things. So it's something I've always I've always dabbled in.